Live from Nashville, Tennessee, this is the Campfire Cafe on the Equestrian Legacy Radio Network. Either happy now as they could be as it's all true. And 
California from Nashville, Tennessee. I'm your host, Gary Holt. Joining me in Albuquerque, New Mexico today is our co-host, the lovely, always vivacious and energetic Miss Bobby Bell. Good morning, Bobby. Good morning, Gary. I'm I'm I've got my coffee and I'm and I'm waking up. I'm not sure I'm vivacious yet. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Well, you know how many cups I've had so far this morning. I've, I'm oh, on my fourteenth. At least a full pot. Yeah, yeah I'm okay. on my fourteenth <laughs> cup this morning. So, anyway, it takes it. It takes it to keep us going. It takes us to keep us going. So, how is the weather out in Albuquerque today? Oh, it's lovely. It that's just it's just lovely. It, it's just uh, it's just every every everything you would like in an October first kicking off fall kind of day. Well, good, good. So you and you're about the same temperature that we are back here in Tennessee today. That's unusual. Oh, yeah. yeah. We've we've got a beautiful seventy-two degree morning here, and uh, one of the things that I had checked the other day was what the weather was going to be like next Wednesday. And Oh yeah, yeah, next Wednesday. Let's see. Next Wednesday here it's going to be about 82. What's it going to be where you are? <laughs> it's going to be a lovely 75 and sunny. <laughs> it, it will be a perfect day for a wedding. So Oh, for the wedding. Let's see. So is there a countdown going on? Well, there was a little bit of a countdown and a and a leading up to, but uh, but she announced the wedding date. So next Wednesday, Mary Kay and I are getting married here in Tennessee, and uh, it's going to be a beautiful, beautiful day. And it will be. Uh, I'll let you know how it is after the wedding. <laughs> you know what, Gary? Even if it's overcast or rainy. It'll be a beautiful day. <laughs> it will be beautiful. It will be beautiful. But anyway, we're we're looking yeah. forward to and that. And congr- so congratulations to the two of you. That's so exciting. Well, thanks very much. So it's it's going to be uh, it's going to be a pretty small wedding, pretty much just uh, family, and uh, and that's kind of the way we wanted it. So we're looking forward to that. But that's happening here in Nashville, and then. Uh, we'll just go ahead and announce that I'll be moving out to Utah toward the 1st of November, and we'll be keeping a place back here in Nashville as well. So we'll have everything going just like it always has been on the Campfire Cafe and Saddle Up America and on the living room sessions. So there will be no change that will be noticeable with any of this, except uh, it will be an hour later there so i'm i may i don't know whether i need to change tennessee time or utah time what do you think i would i would leave it where it's been it's been for so long um publicized with the the 12 p.m central standard time i i would oh we'll keep doing that but anyway so that's that's coming up next week but this 
Thursday, we have an absolutely fantastic show, and one of my favorite guests is going to be joining us today. So who's the first guest today on the Campfire Cafe? Oh, one of my good friends from my old hometown, Katie Moffat, is standing by on the line, and we can't wait to get to her. Well, we're looking forward to talking with Katie and sharing some of her great music. Always, always fun to talk with her. And then in the second hour of the show, we're going to be joined by our good friend Gareth, who is a fantastic singer, songwriter, and composer, and Netta Ryan, who is the founder of Thundering Who's. So they'll be joining us for about the first 15 minutes of the show. And then we're going to welcome Randy Rasmussen with Backcountry Horsemen of America as our new first Thursday of the month guest host. So this will be Randy's first show to be joining us as a guest host on Saddle Up America. But all of that's coming up in the second hour. But right now, let's get to a great song from our good friend, Miss Katie Moffitt. It's one called Fewer Things All the Time When We Come Back. We'll be talking with Katie today on the Campfire Cafe. Thank you. 
Campfire Cafe on the Equestrian Legacy Radio Network. We just heard Fewer Things All the Time by today's guest, Katie Moffat. Katie Moffat is an internationally acclaimed singer-songwriter originally from Fort Worth, Texas, now living in California. With 20 albums, appearances in four major motion pictures, and consistent live touring, her career has spanned more than 40 years, garnering numerous rave reviews, nominations, and awards. The most memorable American roots music, be it Western, country, folk, rock, or the blues, is always informed by a simple fact of life. You live and you learn. Just ask Katie Moffat, or better yet, listen to her sing, be it a song from her own prolific pen or a choice cut from a favorite songwriter. It's clear that Katie sings and writes with the voice of hard-won authority. She has exciting news she's going to be sharing with us today about her latest recording project, the two-CD set, Chrysalis. And here's what Bear Family Records, one uh, place that you can find this CD, says in their review. Magnificent is the only word one can use to describe this steely yet phoenix-like project. Moffat never sounded better. Please welcome to Campfire Cafe this uniquely talented singer, songwriter, performer, and entertainer who travels the stages of the world that calls my old hometown, Newhall, California, home. Katie Moffat! Hey, welcome, Katie! Hey, good morning. <laughs> good morning, Miss Katie. Yeah, hi there. I'm so happy to be with you all today. Well, we're happy to have you with us. Thank you. So you're safe from the fires right now. Uh, right this moment, yeah. <laughs> Things change quickly, as we they know. Do. But thank you for uh, for asking. Well, we just want to make sure our favorite people are safe out there, and uh, and unfortunately, there are a lot of friends that we have that have been displaced and evacuated. But uh, yeah. Anyway, our thoughts and prayers are with all of those folks, and and we hope you just stay safe. Thank you so much. Well, with the way things are right now all over the world, I feel that, um, I hope that for everybody. Yeah, yeah. So have you been affected, how have you been affected by the uh, COVID-19 deal? Everything's well, of course, shut down? <laughs> say it again, everything's what? Everything is shut down? Um, yeah, well, everything that I do is... Um, Live performance is probably going to be the one of the last things that opens back up again. I was I was uh, presented with a a, uh, a UK spring tour. Yeah. Um, you know, late last year, and and uh, no way to get over there. Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> so that went away. And then, then I, there were, um, you know, Andy Hedges, our old, yeah. our friend, Andy Hedges, yeah, yeah. yeah. wonderful, yeah. wonderful guy, wonderful writer and and performer and historian. He has a a, uh, he, I think for three years he's been doing a a, uh, like a Western music, small festival in. Fredericksburg, Texas, and and he had invited me to be a part of this year's. So that's not going to happen either. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I know, I know. It's it's uh, 
too bad, but that's just a, you know, that's the way it is. Uh, but I'll tell you, I I feel lucky because I I was I had been working for quite some time towards a uh, doing a track on a tribute to Gordon Lightfoot project. Uh-huh. It's called Ladies Sing Lightfoot, and it's all women. Wow. Uh, yeah, just doing a, you know, whatever track they choose, whatever song of Lightfoot's, and there's so many great songs of his, Gordon Lightfoot. Yeah. Uh, and, and the thing is produced by Carla Olson, who's a great artist and uh, another Texan, um, great producer. And and really, I think it was literally the day before California shut down that I I got into the studio, and it was their last day of re, of tracking for this record. So yeah. I got my my track in just before the door slammed. Wow! <laughs> so that was lucky. Wow! 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 And, the, well. and then they're you know they're the the virtual. Uh, festivals that come up, and I just last month I did a, I guess it's two months ago, it was in August that I did um, a cowboy festival that a virtual one that that Tom Russell put together, and that was yeah. that was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. Well, I tell you, it looks like that uh, that the virtual everything is happening. Mm-hmm. So whether it's a music festival or whether it's a horse event. Everything is going to that type of format, and I'm just wondering, Katie, whether some of that will stay with us after the uh, COVID is under control. Well, I, I wonder too, Gary. I think you're right, though. I think it, it's uh, there are aspects of it that that are not going to go away. Um, I think it, it's, it, if nothing else, it will lead the way back into um, normal work situations for many, many people. Yeah. So, it, you know, it's kind of cool, though, isn't it, that that um, that this, when this happens, if it's for us all, a um, hundred years after the last incredibly destructive pandemic, yeah. um, that we, in this age we actually have um the 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 possibility of doing performances and and jobs of different kinds virtually meetings yeah. etc yeah. Uh, yeah i think that's kind of amazing really well it is amazing and and i think i think in part the reason that some of this will stay with us is because it gives people around the world an opportunity to participate that's that true. they would otherwise have, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So I think some of it will stay with us. All right, we're going to we're going to shift over to uh you've got a new project. Oh, right. That's come out. So <laughs> this is a song from the project, but tell us a little bit about the project and how it came about. Well, this this um it's kind of happened um, in a funny uh, personal meeting that I was having with an old friend who uh, has had a couple of other record companies. He used to run uh, a department of island 
records. Uh, I guess that was in the 80s. But then he had his own company, and that uh, that company was called Fuel Records, and he put out a live record of mine. I think the only one really that that ever saw the light of day. Um, and we were we hadn't seen each other in a long time, so we got together about halfway in between where we both live, and um, and we're catching up. And I didn't know that he had a new record company, which yeah. was called Sunset Boulevard Records, and and he didn't know that that I had just finished a a new record um, that had you know needed distribution. So so we we just kind of looked at each other and said, okay, well let's do this, <laughs> and. <laughs> And he was all set to do that. And the new record is called "Where the Heart Is." But, but he said that what he, and and the background of the record companies that he he has run um, had a lot to do with reissues. So he said he wanted to kind of pave the way for my newest record with a reissue. So I I thought long and hard about that, and it it would have to be projects that I actually own, that I actually control, and that have a reason to exist. And and I realized that (laughs) that Andrew Harden, that wonderful guitar player that you just heard on Fewer Things, um, Andrew Harden and I have actually made three different records, very simple records like that, Um, Mm -hmm. mostly two guitars, one voice, and um, and they they were all, each of these three records was made about 10 years apart. Wow. And, And it seemed to me that there was a reason for that collection to exist as a reissue. So that's the record called Chrysalis, which came out at the beginning of this year. So it kind of got... uh, Now, we don't know where it is now. (laughs) 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 Because the manufacturer shut down, you know, all that kinds of things shut down. But I'm I'm really pleased that it did uh, get out there and... And that some folks have responded to it, so well, that's great. I'm thrilled, that, yeah. That is great. That is great. Thank well, we're going to be featuring music from Chrysalis today, and this is one called "Walking on the Moon." So we're going to listen to that and come back and talk more with Katie today on the Campfire Cafe.
Walking the Moon from the Pilot Woman original album, now featured on uh, her newest recording um, a project, the two CD set, Chrysalis. Um, Katie, I love that song. Thank you. <laughs> and um, I know, Tom, uh, you mentioned Tom Russell a little bit ago, and that was uh-huh. a wonderful, uh, I watched that, that um, the August um, uh, oh, event yeah. that he held which was really, really, really good. And you've known Tom for a long time. He co- You co-wrote this song with him, Walking on the Moon, right? Right, yeah, and many others, yeah. actually. Yeah. Yeah. Want to tell us just a little bit um, maybe more about Tom and how you met and, um, and how you uh, work when you co-write with him. Do you work in the same room, or, or how, do you, how do you do your co-writes? Well, we... We've written together in, in about every way there is to do it. We've done it on the phone. We've done it um, through the mail, <laughs> we've, the U.S. <laughs> mail, you know, and and, uh, and we've done it in person when we were, you know, like traveling together, um, doing shows together. And I, I we met um, at the at the nineteen 
I think that I think this is right. The eighty six, nineteen eighty six Kerrville Folk Festival, which shortly thereafter became the Kerrville Music Festival. Um and and it was my first time at that festival to play that festival. Um and Tom and I were kind of thrown together quite a bit as we were judges for the new folk contest that year and a couple of other things, panels or some, you know, something. Um, but and what happened that really brought us together was uh, a, a Swiss man who had, I, I think he was on his second second year maybe of um of a a burgeoning um mostly mostly american music actually but it uh, a, a music festival that became an americana international festival in this little little town in switzerland called frutigen the guy, the fellow's name is ashi morer and he had come to Kerrville to scout uh, for his, you know, his uh. next festival. <clears throat> Excuse me. And and he invited me to to be a part of the 1987 version uh, with the caveat that um, Tom would also have to agree that his band, Tom's band, and he he maintained a a terrific live band for many years. Um, it was wasn't easy, but he did it. <clears throat> Excuse me. And he, um, Ashi wanted. <clears throat> Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. I, I would say it's the fires, but they're not around here. So. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, Smoke. <laughs> yeah, and some kind anyway um he ashi asked asked that i when i play his festival because it's a it was a huge stage that he had that i'd be backed up by the tom russell band so that's what we all agreed on and so i began sending um a lot of songs tom's way for his band to learn and we communicated all through that year, mm-hmm. um, and I think we actually got together. I think I went to New York where he was living at the time, and and we um, did some did some pre you know some pre uh, pre show work and mm-hmm. some rehearsals and all of that, and we, and we began writing together. So by the time we'd gotten to Switzerland for that festival, it had all begun. So that's that. <laughs> well, and according to the notes that I have, you recorded uh, Walking on the Moon at a little voiceover studio, a little uh, studio in Switzerland. So you must have you must have done that when you were there, or one of the times you were there. Yeah. It, in fact, I think yeah. that... That, oh, that was the year after, because okay. I was I was scouted by another Swiss festival um, promoter at the Frutigen Festival. Oh. Um, he, this other fella had a 
in eastern Switzerland, the annual festival that he did. And, yeah, that's that's actually when that record was made, when I was okay. over for uh, to play Frutigen for the second time and then to play books, this eastern Swiss festival. How interesting. That, at that point, this guy wanted to... He wanted to to get more involved in the music business and in live music. So he we talked about it, and and he said he wanted to kind of be my manager in that part of of Europe. Right. Um, so I said, yeah, okay. Well, I'll tell you everything I know about doing that, and let's give it a try. But we're going to need a record. So <laughs> that's. Uh. That's what I happened to know that Andy was in the country. Andy Harden was uh, with the Tom Russell band somewhere in Switzerland at that time, and he had three days off. So I, I got a hold of him and asked him if he would come on over to the east and and uh, and make a little record with me. So that was. The Walking on the Moon record. Oh, that's great, great record, great record. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's one of so my you, favorites, actually. Yeah, I love that. I love that. So you've got a great cover on here. You don't know me. How did you select that song for the CD? Oh man, I I have just loved that song. Um, my, it seems like my whole life, really, and. Um, I don't know when I I decided I was going to have to sing it, but it was probably um, in the early 80s. Wow. Uh, I think it was kind of right after I got to California. And I'm, as, as I've often done with classic songs like that, I, I was in such a hurry to sing it that um and and the only accompaniment that I had was my guitar you know so I had my my curious my own curious guitar style which is basically um uh, formed by my limitations <laughs> <laughs> and and one of the that one of those limitations has to do with my impatience when I'm I'm learning something that I really want to to sing. I want I want to express this, um, and so I end up kind of creating my own, uh, not just arrangement, but, but my own sometimes my own chord structure, etc. <laughs> and and I often don't have any idea that I've I've done um, that I've altered the original version as much as I have. Until you go back and listen to it. That's yeah. right. Or the people tell me that. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's listen to Katie's version of You Don't Know Me, and we'll be back in just a moment with Katie and Bobby Bell on the Campfire Cafe. Put your hand in mine 
Thanks for asking for that. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Thank you. Beautiful. Wow. So you mentioned a, you mentioned a little earlier that you were working on a new album before the Chrysalis came out. So mm-hmm. 
tell us about the new album. When is it coming out? Well, we thought we knew at one time, um, but uh, with things getting completely thrown off by the the uh, the world changing, <laughs> the <laughs> pandemic. I don't know. Um, I'm I'm still. Uh, I'm still trying to get product on uh, on Chrysalis, so yeah, um, I don't know really. Uh, the records are done, um, and it was it was actually uh, manufactured in Canada, but for distribution and release on um, on Sunset Boulevard Records. Um, there will be at least some some form of a different um, a different package, and and, and I don't know. <laughs> but we'll see. We'll see. Just it's going to require a lot of things getting back on track. Yeah, yeah. Well, when whenever you're ready for that, let us know. Yeah. We'd love to have okay. you come back and feature that. Album. Thank so, you. I would love to do that. <laughs> you are so very welcome. You are so very welcome. Are you taking? Are you getting any time to do any more writing while this pandemic is going on? Well, the, uh, time is a funny thing these days. You, it, it seems like I have so much of it, but um, the the writing that I've done has a lot of it's been kind of tampering with uh with songs that I had thought were finished at one time uh-huh. but then revisited um other than that there hasn't been anything that I've actually begun that I think is going to of course I could be wrong but that I think is actually going to turn into a new song but we'll see we'll see well, I know I've talked with some some artists, and they said, "Well, you know, the COVID has been a bad thing, but it's been a good thing mm-hmm. because, you know, mm-hmm. instead of traveling and playing gigs, I'm able to sit down and write and think, or I'm able to finish this project, or you know, and get new albums out or something." So, yeah. I guess it's a little bit different for everybody as it far is. as what's going on. It is, and it, you know, it would be uh, it would be one thing if I actually had a home studio that would, but I, and many people do, but I don't. Yeah. So, um, I've, I've been asked to, to do, uh, some harmonies and then a duet on a record, a new record, um, that's being made right now by a Norwegian singer songwriter who's quite successful there. Uh-huh. Um, and, and it it the songs are I really love these are songs that are that he co-wrote the guy the fellow's stage name is Jonas Field um and my brother's been writing with him for years and these two songs that he's asked me to work on are are co-writes with my brother wow but here's the here's the rub i'm going to have to actually travel and go into a studio to do these so i'm kind of waiting 
for that moment to be to happen. <laughs> oh and gosh. We'll see, you know, but it has to happen sooner or it'll be too late for Jonas. Yeah. 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 Wow. Are are you are you are you nervous about the uh coronavirus? Oh my god. Uh, well, yeah. I'll tell you another thing that happened to me, uh, kind of by extension, is really early on, a very close girlfriend of mine um, from my early days in Colorado from like 1970, who's a life, since then a lifelong friend, uh, in March, in early March, she kind of did was not taking the burgeoning uh, you know pandemic seriously and yeah and she went she she lives in Denver and she went to Vail uh, to visit some friends and she just thought oh I'm so healthy you know nothing could possibly you know I never get anything so. I'll be fine. And that was a hot spot and she really did get it. And Oh wow. She, she almost died five times. Oh wow. Um, in the hospital in ICU and um oh, wow. was yeah, she she was in four different induced comas. Good news. But she made it through. But that that was you know, she was she finally got out of the hospital sometime in April, and I, you know, I think she's she's going to be fine. But that that really made me a believer, and uh, yeah, I take it pretty seriously. Yeah, yeah. Well, I take I take every precaution that I can. Um, we have but to, but I yeah. do. But I do get out, you know, I do get out. Yeah. And, and, of course, I've been flying and traveling because of uh, <laughs> certain yeah. situations, you know. Yeah. But uh, but I do take every precaution when I'm out. And then there are some people that are just afraid to get out. I mean, I know right. some people get out twice since March. Oh, and, my. Well, they must have people who live with them or who help them. Well, I, they have people I'm, who bring them stuff, yeah. Yeah, well, I'm kind of on my own, and and uh, so I run errands. I I go do what I have to do, and I stay safe, and 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 I, you know, I I try to, you know, keep up with with uh, my other single friends who live alone, and right. and uh, make sure they're all right, and 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 we just all do the best we can. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm well, glad I'm, that a I don't have to. I'm a mask wearer. I'm a mask wearer. I'm a hand washer, mm-hmm. and I try to social distance. <laughs> and when I see people that aren't, it just pisses me off. Pardon I me. I know it. Can I say that I on know it. Radio Bobby? Uh, yes, you can. Okay. All right. <laughs> well, it pisses me off, too. <laughs> it just aggravates the fire out of me. But, I know. Uh, it's such an easy thing uh, yeah. to do and yeah. a simple thing. And I think it really does make a huge difference. And it's it's about caring. It's about um, not wanting anyone else to right. have to 
to have this horrible experience that and worse that my friend had. Yeah. So, um, it's the one thing we can do easily. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. like everybody else. I'm tired of wearing a mask, but I just I know stick it, it right it's on, a drag. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but we do. All right, let's get to another song. Let's change the subject a little bit. Okay. Get away from this pandemic. This is called (laughs) Angel Town. It is from the CD, the two two CD set, Chrysalis, and we're talking with Katie Moffat today on the Campfire Cafe. Baby, this ain't paradise, lost or found. But when I look into your eyes, there's a dream going round. You say, baby, let's stay right here with the glory
Angeltown, Katie Moffitt, from her current new CD release, Chrysalis. Katie, it's been so much fun chatting with you. Um, why don't you tell folks where they can find out everything, Katie Moffitt? Where do they go? Well, um, you can go to my <laughs> website, which is katiemoffitt.com. And, uh, but the, but the, this record actually... Uh, before everything kind of slammed shut, it got in into several stores, some in in some very small places, uh, and and in like in major cities too. So it's possible that you could find um, if if there's a record store open, <laughs> you <laughs> could find it in a record store. <laughs> and it's also, I believe. Uh, available for uh, digital download on a lot of different platforms, um, and you can check out Sunset Boulevard Records, uh, which is the uh, the new record company that's distributing this record. So, and that released it. So, um, there, those are a few possibilities. Okay. I'm actually posting a few links right now on my Facebook page where people can find it. Oh, so. good. Well, good. <laughs> yeah. Bobby's you. so good at researching things. But anyway, if you'll yeah. check all the all the normal digital sources, you should be able to pick this thing up, and you can visit Katie's website as well. You are so much fun to have on. And uh, come back and be with us again. Oh, I'd love to. Thank you. I would love to. And and you have a, a wonderful, um, bright, new opening to your life over the next <laughs> few weeks. And congratulations. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much. We're looking forward to, to a, a new life together. But, yes, uh, indeed. Yeah, but anyway, well, you're absolutely wonderful. I'm looking forward to seeing you. I'm going to be a little bit closer to California. When I get moved out yes, to Utah, you are. yeah. So yes. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing you sometime, perhaps in the new year as well. So that anyway, would be great. So much fun having you with us, and we're going to close out this segment right now with another song from Chrysalis. It's called Papacita, and Katie Moffat has been our special guest. Katie, thanks so much for being with us today. Thank you, Gary and Bobby. Papa Cedar, don't you know 
Thank you. Well, it's time now for Saddle Up America on the Equestrian Legacy Radio Network. It's brought to you today by Childer Services, a member of the Better Business Bureau. Childer Services out of Cheyenne, Wyoming, has all of your drill pipe, industrial strength cable, and guardrail to provide sturdy and affordable fencing for farmers and ranchers. So whether you're building a small corral or a feedlot, Childer Services provides competitive pricing and excellent service. You can check them out at Childers at pipe-cable.com. That's pipe-cable.com. Or you can call them at 307-256-7058. 307-256-7058. So now let's take a listen to another great song. This one is from our next guest. It's called The Last Ride by Gareth. 
and we'll be talking with Gareth and with Nita Ryan when we return on Saddle Up America in just a moment.
Welcome back to Saddle Up America on the Equestrian Legacy Radio Network. And uh, I'm Gary Holt, your host in Nashville, joined by Bobby Bell, my co-host in Albuquerque. And our special guests today are Gareth Lafley, who is a singer-songwriter and composer of several of the songs that we'll be talking about today. And Anita Ryan, who is the founder of Thundering Hooves. So let me welcome you guys to the show. How are you doing? Doing well. Thank you so much for having us on the show today. Hi, glad to have you. Hey, Nita. Hi, Gary. Doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. So we've got Gareth that lives in the Nashville area. He's not too far away from me. And Nita's out in Texas. And Bobby's hanging in with us in Albuquerque. So um, you've got a special announcement that you're going to make in just a little bit, but uh, why don't we start with Nita? Why don't you tell us a little bit about Thundering Who's and what your mission is? Uh, sure. Thanks, Gary. Thundering Who's is a nonprofit organization, and I formed Thundering Who's back in late 2011. Unfortunately, the kill buyers passed by my house, uh, on a regular basis, hauling the slaughter-bound horses to the slaughter export pens down in Presidio, Texas, south of me, and, and that's pretty difficult to witness. And I'm I'm helpless to stop them. You know, I always say I'd love to shoot their tires out, and save all the horses, <laughs> but I can't do that. <laughs> but I I decided I wanted to create a platform of awareness and education. You know, we education is always the key to helping to make the necessary change. So uh, Thundering Hoods was born one afternoon. A hauler passed by me, and I was right beside the road. I could have touched the trailer. And there was a particular horse in the trailer. It had slats, and I could see all of them. I could look into their eyes. But there was one particular horse that... We connected, and and it really touched my heart. So I just imagined that trailer full of horses rather than crossing the border in Mexico to slaughter, running back here, and their their hoofs thundering and running free, and they're thundering hoofs. Yeah, yeah. Well, and and by the way, I met Nita in uh, Lexington, I think it was last December, at the Equus Film Festival, where there were some documentaries that were, that she was showing. Uh, but Gareth, you have written the music, you've composed the music for the documentary film Saddle of Hope. And uh, so tell us a little bit about that, and tell us a little bit about the film festival that's going to be taking place in Louisville in just a few months. Yeah, definitely. So it was a huge honor to be able to do the soundtrack for Saddle of Hope. And the saddle itself, which Nita can explain more about that too, but the saddle shows that something that seems rejected and broken, like it doesn't have a purpose anymore, can be taken with the right hands and be made to be beautiful again. And what I wanted to do with the music was to mix some darker elements into it and show people some of the the tension and the frustration that comes from that brokenness, but also the beauty that transitions along with the flow of the music to show what new life can come when 
when people take the time to act and people like Nita take a chance to let their voice be heard and be a voice for the voiceless animals that we have. Uh, we're really grateful that the Louisville International Film Festival has accepted Saddle of Hope to screen during their virtual event in November 2020. Um, it's going to be going, uh, we have a giveaway, which Nita is going to be talking about here in a minute as well. And uh, that will be going on around November 7th. So be sure to stay tuned for that. Well, we're looking forward to seeing the documentary. And uh, we're looking forward, Nita, to finding out about the memorial fence and a little bit about the saddle and how it's going to play into things, and uh, a little bit about the way that people can register for winning this saddle. So bring us up to speed. <laughs> you know, it, it, in these difficult times, it's, it's hard to, we can't go out in public, we can't hold events, we, we can't join together in celebration of the horse, you know, live. So I, I thought there has to be a way to keep this spirit of giving alive to help the horses. We, we can't stop. We have to stay active in our efforts to do whatever we can to help the horses and the rescues and bring attention to those that are working so hard to help the horses. So there was a, it's a weaver saddle, and it was donated to the Thundering Hoofs Memorial Fence the same as the Saddle of Hope was donated to the the uh, Thundering Hoods Memorial Fence. So this Weaver saddle, it's a good saddle. It's in good shape. We're going to hold a Thundering Hoods saddle giveaway and uh, allow people to nominate their favorite rescue, uh, USA Rescue, that works with horse therapy programs. And we will hold a, the giveaway will run October 1st, beginning today through October 30th. They can go to our Facebook, at Thundering Hooves is a Facebook page, and uh, name their name the rescue. Then we will be holding a live drawing November 7th during the Louisville International Film Festival and announce the winner of the saddle. Oh, that's going to be great. That is going to be great, Bobby. You've got uh, you've got a equine therapy program that you've been uh, contributing to this past month, I think, haven't you? Yes. Well, um, Blue Star Ranch uh, was our uh, July and August, and starting today, uh, we are supporting um, Heart of the Horse Ranch, a therapy ranch in Clovis, California. Um, founded by Guy Adams and his wife, Carrie. And, you know, Guy was on the show, Saddle Up America, right. about uh, three weeks ago. And they're very involved, of course, in therapeutic riding, but also in this fire situation that is just terrifying all around them and folks that have horses and, and um, need uh, need some shelter. So, yeah, your your website is wonderful, Nita. I spent quite a bit of time on it yesterday, and um, I'm posting some links right now. What what a phenomenal organization you have founded, and um, and Gareth, it's wonderful to see how involved you are as well. So, I I was really I was really moved by your by your work, um, Nita. Very very moved. Oh, thank you, Bobby. It's- it's difficult. It's it's difficult 
always say I wished everyone that is responsible, you know, if we could just stop those horses from loading into those kill buyer trailers, then then we've won the war, right? Yeah. And if we could, if I could just bring everyone that's responsible for all of those horses in those trailers here and have them sit here and, and witness those horses going by here, knowing what they're facing just a few hours down the road, uh, take them down to Presidio to the kill pens, witness what goes on down there. It's horrific. Horses aren't slaughtered because there's an overpopulation. They're slaughtered because it's a for-profit business, and that's what people need to understand. But uh, Thundering Hooves is... I'm so grateful for everybody that supported Thundering Hooves and helped me along this journey. Gareth has been such a blessing to the cause. His his music, his music, his gentle heart, you know, it's it's just draws people in. And we've really been able to have a far-reaching uh, outreach program through Thundering Hooves. And the process of filmmaking has expanded our audience. <laughs> and of course, Gareth's mm-hmm. music draws in. So I'm very proud. Oh, that's great. That is great. Well, tell us again, right quickly, how people can participate in the saddle giveaway and how they can nominate their favorite uh, uh, equine therapy program. Gareth, you want to tell us that? Yeah, I'm actually going to uh, defer to Nita on that because she's got all the information on the giveaway itself. Okay. But, uh, okay. Yeah, so Nita, you want to go ahead and tell people about that? Sure. They can go to at Thundering Hooves is the Facebook page, and I posted a post today about the giveaway. They can comment in that post with the name of the organization. For those who do not do Facebook, you can go to, you can email your nominations to info at thunderinghooves.com. All right, all right. Well, you're certainly going to want to nominate your favorite uh, equine therapy program and participate in that and donate to Thundering Hooves. They're doing a great job, and you're going to want to watch the documentary, and you're going to want to get Gareth's music as well. Gareth, how can they get your music, by the way? Definitely, yeah. So if you want to take some of my music home with you, you can find it on my website, which is garethmusic.com. And I have a brand new album that I just released called Water Speaks, which is a Native American flute meditation and healing album. So if you're feeling stressed out, especially everything with COVID right now, I actually recorded the album while I was in quarantine. So um, uh, uh. just wanting to create some positive energy there. And uh, just what a blessing it is as well to be working with Nita and Gary and Bobby for having us on the show today. Uh, from the moment that I first went out to Texas with Nita and I walked into an abandoned horse trailer where they had hauled the horses down to Mexico. And when I went down and saw the holding pens where the horses were getting ready to get shipped down for slaughter, it was absolutely life-changing. And uh, it's inspired me to be really involved and just really grateful for all the work that Nita's doing to help open eyes all over the world. Well, we're grateful for you guys taking the time to be with us today. So uh, be sure and check out their Facebook page, visit their websites, order Gareth's music. And, uh, Gareth, I could probably use some calming music right about now. So. (laughs) 
<laughs> anyway, thank you guys for being with us. We're going to take a break. We're going to listen to a great song from somebody that's special to me. Mary Kay's song, We Dream of Horses, from the album Frontier. And we'll be back to talk with our new co-host with Backcountry Horsemen of America, Mr. Randy Rasmussen, will be joining us in the second segment today on Saddle of America. Little boy tugged at his mama's hand to get that pony right. A little scared when he climbed on, but when it was over, he cried. All the way home in the car, he chanted that pony's name. Now every Christmas and birthday, his wish list is the same. And he hears them calling his name And he needs the drum of Lucy The swing is dried and the wind in a horse's mane This gal knows about falling down Climbing right back on Shovel stalls hard hay in the snow Fed horses before dawn School bell rings when she's at the gate Calling that pony's name Years will come and years will go But this will never change She Followed other dreams Teachers, lawyers, nurses Their pilots or U.S. Marines Wherever we went in this world Whatever else we became For those of us born to be horsemen The dream is still the same We dream of horses and we hear them calling our names And we need the drum of the sea The swing and stride and the wind and a horse's mane The swing and stride and the wind and a horse's mane We 
Dream of Horses, Mary Kay. Welcome back to Saddle Up America. Gary Holt with you from Nashville. Bobby Bell with me in Albuquerque. And our very special guest today, making his first appearance as the new Thursday guest host on Saddle Up America, is Mr. Randy Rasmussen. Hey, Randy, how are you? Hello, Gary. I'm doing great, thank you. And hi, Bobby. Hello, Randy. Welcome. Thanks. You're in the town, Bobby, where I used to live, just outside of Albuquerque in Corrales, where the corrals are. Oh, oh we love Corrales. Don't don't you love Corrales, Gary? <laughs> I do love Corrales. It was. <laughs> I, it's one of my favorite spots, and some great restaurants up there and um yeah, yeah when we come back to albuquerque again we're going to make another trip back up to corrales we had a great great time up there last time we were in albuquerque but anyway you're joining us for the first time as the co-host on saddle up america and uh and i want to give a shout out to jim mcgarvey i don't know if he's listening today or not but jim has been with us for six years almost seven years and Randy's been a guest many times during those past several years. Uh, but we wish Jim the very best, and uh, and we're still looking forward to seeing him at Rendezvous in the fall. But, Randy, tell us a little bit about you and how you got with Backcountry Horsemen of America, and then you had a couple of topics that you wanted to discuss briefly today. Well, sure. Thank you. Well, I'm calling from Oregon. I have lived in many western states in my life, and... Uh, Interesting to know that you're going to come out to the West yourself, too, Gary, soon. That's exciting. Yeah. Yeah, um, uh, yeah I, I've represented Backcountry Horsemen of America, which is a national nonprofit. We're in 32 states. We're all you know, volunteers that give back and maintain trails and keep the trails open for everybody. I've had the good fortune to represent them on the issues of public lands and policy and partnerships with all the other trail groups uh, for many years now. And Jim McGarvey was my boss and chairman for many years. He is just wonderful, uh, you know, person, his wife, Cindy, just amazing. And Jim saved the day and brought me on full time and really put a lot of effort into keeping me on with backcountry horsemen. So my, my heart just goes after him all the time. They're just a dynamic couple and uh, Jim and Cindy will forever be in my heart and close by and they haven't gone away. That's the good news. They're just, uh, you know, doing other things. So, that's, right. that's great news. Well, my role is about protecting public lands so we can continue the tradition of horseback riding on our great federal public lands, whether they're in the desert, whether they're in the forests, uh, international parks across the nation. You know, that's really maintaining that heritage and that history and, you know, and finding ways to create more trails where more trails are needed finding ways to protect the trails we have and to certainly prevent closures of trails uh, to horsemen and women. So that's, that's really my charge with Backcountry Horsemen of America. Well, and you've done a good job with that for the past several years, <clears throat> but there's always something new that's, that's uh, in the works. And so uh, <laughs> we had two topics that we were going to talk about. I don't know if we'll have time for all of that today. But um, why don't we talk a little bit about the Great American Outdoor Act that's just been signed into yeah. law? 
Well, yeah, the Great American Outdoors Act is probably the most exciting legislation from Congress, if you can call any legislation from Congress exciting. <laughs> but what it means for public lands, and you know, I, I'm, I'm steeped in this stuff all the time, and very little excites me about Congress and laws. But this is one that for five years we're going to see the benefits, if not longer, about keeping trails open. Um, Congress, you know, passed an amazing package, and this was bipartisan. This is when Congress, when it works its best, it's working together across aisles and making things happen for public lands, and importantly, you know, the public's enjoyment and access to public lands. That's what it's all about. And so the Great American Outdoors Act that was signed into law just a month or two ago is a huge funding you know, shot in the arm. We've always been complaining, oh, the National Park Service or the U.S. Forest Service never gets enough funding for recreation and trails. We're always having to make up, and they're still, we're still losing ground. Well, right. not anymore, at least, at least not for these next couple of years. The, the figures are staggering. Congress appropriated well, close to $6 billion, with a B, dollars over five years to all the federal land management agencies. This is unheard wow. of. Wow. And it's, it's all meant to go after deferred maintenance, all the things that we've been complaining about. You know, the horse camps are degraded and, and falling apart, and they can't be maintained. The, the visitor centers are in shambles, and they have to close them. The roads are terrible shape, and, the, and the, the trails aren't getting the maintenance they need. This money goes to all these types of deferred maintenance that has been, you know, a, a, a spur in our saddle for a long time, a burr that is, and – and now we're going to be able to work hand-in-hand hand with these agencies and implement projects we've been begging them to do for years now that they have the money. And the backcountry horsemen and women are going to be right there to say, and we'll do a lot of the labor for you for free. You know, that's what wow. we always do. So big opportunities for all the federal land management agencies, you know, that affects probably every state in the U.S. in one way or the other, where, you know, we've we've been asking for this for a long time, and it's it's finally come to fruition in a, in a bipartisan way, which is just unheard of when we otherwise have a dysfunctional Congress. Um, you know, this is, this is one thing we can really tout as saying this is an example of when things are done right and they put their money where their mouth is, we can get things done. So we that's going to be launched. Done. Well, today, today's the first day of fiscal year 2021 for the federal government. They're going to start implementing that money as we speak. Oh, wow. Wow, that is exciting. So, Randy, tell us exactly how that's going to benefit horsemen. You bet. Well, a couple of things. You know, I'll start with the U.S. Forest Service, and there's over 155 national forests and national grasslands in the United States. Um, that's the primary agency that BCHA works with. Probably about three-quarters of our volunteer hours on federal lands is on U.S. Forest Service couple things. We've been complaining forever that roads in, in such a state of disrepair that once we get to the trailhead, you know, our, our horses are frazzled. And, and even if we go on a long ride, when we get back, they don't want to get back in that trailer because uh, the roads are so rough. A lot right. of money will go towards the en engineering side and, and maintaining the roads that are important to the public and certainly the ones that provide access to recreational trails. That's a plus. Just getting okay. to the trails has been a challenge in many places. But secondly, this is also a lot of money and a huge focus on trail maintenance and the trail maintenance backlog in our national forests. 
BCHA has made a national campaign about this for years. Um, we've pushed and promoted lots of ways to get to the trail maintenance backlog. And this money is going to be used, and our volunteers are going to go to work and roll up our sleeves like we always do and begin maintaining those trails with federal money, um, you know, to, to start clearing places that haven't been ma- maintained for decades. Uh, you know, even improving trail heads, parking areas so we can turn our trailers and park them and get out of there without having to get boxed in. Uh, you know, everything that has to do with the experience of uh, equestrians when they get to the trail and then they enjoy them, you know, we're, we're trying to find every way uh, yeah. you know, to, to get to that deferred maintenance. So we don't have to think twice about it in the future, hopefully, and we can just get out and enjoy our public land. That's really what it's all about. Yeah. Now, we talked a little bit earlier today about the fires that are going on in California, and they've had fires in, in other states, probably in your state. Uh, yes. It was almost like the West Coast was on fire for a while. How much damage do the fires do to the trails out there? Incredible amount of damage from the, the fires each and every year, and this year in particular. Oregon, Washington, California, and many of the western states are just hammered. And that's a whole other story. So we've got the deferred maintenance. And in many places, we've maintained lots of trails and even just upgraded trails that have just burned over the last uh, month or two here, too. So we're starting from scratch in so many areas, and the agency is is still far behind. I'm thinking, again, primarily the U.S. Forest Service, but it's also affecting our national park and out west, our Bureau of Land Management land, too. Um, but no, that's, that's just a game changer. These fires have under unprecedented in their scope and their nature and the duration of the fire season. And it's just bad news for trails because it'll take a long time to get a lot of these trails open again, because even after the fire, there's many years of deadfall, you know, and the wind comes and knocks down the dead trees. And it's just like, you know, starting all over again, each and every season. And there's so many places like that you know, millions and millions of acres in the West that it's going to take a long time to rehab if ever, but then we'll see more fires coming on top of that. So I don't know if we'll get ahead of that one, but it does set us back quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. I think I heard the other day that probably the last three years, the fire situation has gotten even worse. And I think Bobby, some areas out in California, some people said they had never been evacuated. And for the past three years, it's like an annual thing now where they're having to be evacuated. So it wrecks havoc on the trails. And I, I guess, Randy, it, it's going to take quite a bit of that money that's been allocated just to deal with that situation, won't it? Well, Congress, the Great American Outdoors Act money is, is oriented specifically for deferred maintenance. So the recent fires okay. won't be considered deferred maintenance. Okay. They'll have to find other fundings, but, my heart really goes out to the people who have lost their homes, who have been evacuated, and we even have backcountry horsemen in Oregon uh, who have lost, uh, you know, homes or, or family members, um, you know, in one way or another uh, as a result of both the pandemic and the fires here. It, it's a double whammy in a huge way. Yeah. Um, yeah. But there will have to be other funding sources. And the good news is at least, uh, you know, another legislative fix from Congress, the Forest Service will – has its own budget now from FEMA to cover fires. It isn't having to borrow from its recreation and other programs just to deal with fires. That's been a big, 
just in how they account for that money has been a huge change that we've been a part of and promoting over the years. But there's going to be a net loss of a lot of riding opportunities for many years to come as a result of these fires. Wow. Wow. Well, I think we do have a little bit of time to talk about the electric mountain bike issue. <laughs> and as a horseman myself, uh, I have never been excited about running into just bikes out on the trail because, you know, they come up behind you, they're quiet, and then suddenly they're there and scare the bajabbers out of your horse. But talk to us a little bit about the, this electric mountain bike issue that's going on. Sure, you bet, Gary. And, you know, let me preface this by saying we do need to be open about ways to get people outdoors and enjoying the backcountry or front country or whatever it is, you know, uh, but, you know, with caveats, right, We've, we have to be concerned. And certainly electric bicycles, and let me just define what that is. People probably haven't seen them, or even if they went, an electric bicycle went past them, they probably didn't know it was an electric bicycle in many cases. Yeah. They oftentimes look just like a regular bike or mountain bike. It's harder and harder to tell that there's an electric motor that's been charged and that, you know, either through pedaling you can amplify the power of that motor sometimes, those motors can give you four times the power, um, you know, when you're applying the pedal. So a 400% boost. Yeah. Um, they have limits, at least the ones that are legal, and there's plenty of illegal ones. But the ones that are legal in certain areas have a, they top out at 20 miles per hour with the electric assist when you're pedaling. But riders can go faster if they're fit. There's yeah. also a version that has just a throttle. You can either pedal or use a motorcycle throttle, but again, it looks like a bike, and it tops out at 28 miles per hour with the electric assist. So look at picture us, you know, on horseback, even on foot. We're not averaging more than three, four, five miles per hour on the trail. Right. And you've got these electric bikes that can go 20, 28 miles per hour. It's a world of difference. And... Again, I'm I'm not worried about, you know, the people who need a motorized assist to get on these front country trails and enjoy their public lands. You know, be be they elderly, have other have other challenges, or, you know, returning veterans that are injured that need that want to enjoy their public lands. That's great. Right. Right. I'm worried about I'm worried about the young the young kids who want to go as fast and as furious as they you know as furious as they can. And that don't aren't going to be the ones that are going to show any etiquette on the trail and are blast past us. That's a small subset, but it's a very important concern because of the extreme danger, as as you mentioned, Gary, for what it means to us on horseback. Yeah, yeah. So so how how is this being promoted? How is it being promoted by the federal government? Are they looking at making more trails available, or what what's going on? Yes. Um, good news and bad news. The good news – no, I'll start with the bad news and cheer you up afterwards. Okay. The, the bad news is the Department of Interior. So this is the agencies like the National Park Service, the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, and the Bureau of Land Management have all recently passed regulations that promote the use of electric bikes both on roads and on trails and make no distinction between an electric bike – and a regular mountain bike. 
So there's the potential for any trail that on which mountain bikes are currently allowed. You could have an electric bike uh, whizzing by you, you know, uh, very soon, if, if not at present, depending on where you are. Um, that's been a change in policy that we fought at Backcountry Horsemen of America vehemently with many of our partners. And we're still on the losing end of that, um, at least for the time being. And we're hoping we can have those fights at the local level, trail by trail and place by place, to make sure that the trails that are important to horsemen are maintained and we don't have the additional threat of electric bikes. So I'm going to ask you, Randy, I I need to add, do these electric bikes, uh, do they make noise or are they quiet? I mean, what's the deal with those things? Depending on the model, Gary, some of those are pretty quiet. Some have a little bit of a buzzing sound like a fan or something like that. It depends on it. But by and large, you're not going to hear them on the trail. So it's just like a bicycle. So if they're coming up behind you on a horse and suddenly you have a bike whizzing by at 20, 28 miles an hour, that's not going to be a pretty event. No. No, and we've already seen conflicts and Hopefully, or so far, I'm not aware of any major injuries or fatalities, but we've had many a conflicts already in places with electric bikes whizzing by. And, it, you know, to be clear, that's just a, a small minority of the riders who don't understand the rules or don't want to abide by the trail etiquette. Of course, you follow that yield triangle if you see them at the trailheads. You know, hikers and bikers have to yield to horsemen, but that clearly isn't happening in some cases. And with the advent of electric bikes on trails, it's going to be even worse unless we can really get our hands around this and enforce this properly. So what can people do? Well, I guess, you know, to stick with the bad news size and then shift to the, the good news real quickly here is engage locally. If you have favorite trails, be they on a national forest or uh, other federal public lands, Follow what's happening, and if they want to designate trails and add electric bikes, by law, they're supposed to go through a public process. Announce it to the trail groups. Join your backcountry horseman chapter. Go to bcha.org for Backcountry Horsemen of America, bcha.org, and look at our chapter locator, and join BCHA and become aware of the changes and what's happening on your federal and even state lands as it relates to electric bikes and other uses that threaten your access and enjoyment of trails and participate like anything. If there's a, you know, even though going to a public meeting or these days they're virtual and they're all online, sounds pretty boring and dry. This, this is where decisions about your trails are being made. And it, what I hate to tell people who contact me late is, Oh, they've issued a final decision. Can we fight this? And usually the answer is no, because you didn't participate in the discussion. Um, you don't have standing, so to speak, to, to challenge a decision if you weren't part of that. So your BCH chapters and others can get engaged. And we have a network of public land coordinators throughout every state in the nation here, that, and we're active, 32 states, uh, that are trying to monitor these situations and make sure we're proactive and put forth the voice of horsemen during these pl- local planning processes when they're saying we're doing a new trail system or we're adding Mountain bikes, what does the public think? We're there, hopefully, in a unified fashion. Okay. Now give us some good news. 
The good news is, Gary, the U.S. Forest Service, our main partner on a federal level, has taken a different tact and recently issued a national policy that will treat electric bikes as motorized vehicles like they are. I mean, electric bikes have a motor. A a motor is a motor, and they are, in our opinion, doing the right thing in terms of defining what an electric bicycle is and the the conditions under which they would allow it. And it can only be done on a case-by-case, site-specific basis where the public has to be involved, and they even do some environmental analysis. So, you know, we're happy that the U.S. Forest Service is not being swayed by basically the electric bike lobbying industry, which is broad. And by sticking to its guns, the Forest Service is saying, we understand there are other partners, there are other trail users, from the hikers to horsemen. Even many mountain bikers don't like electric mountain bikes because they think it's cheating or have other issues with it. So the Forest Service is standing up for these other traditional trail users, if you want to use that term. Um, and uh, we're, we're, we're largely supportive of the new national proposal that they're making that would make it a little more difficult uh, to get electric bikes on the trails we care about. And certainly it wouldn't be below the radar. And we'll find out and be involved in that. And that's why, again, it's important to be a member of, of BCHA and in your local chapter so we can keep tabs on where these changes are happening. Well, that is good news. And, uh, yeah, I would have no problem with electric bikes being where motor, motorized vehicles are allowed on the trails, but not on our horse trails, not not coming up behind us or in front of us, either one. So, anyway, Randy? I am so looking forward to you being with us every month. You have always brought well, great you, information. Dear. You've always brought great information when you've been on the show. And uh, and so I'm looking forward. So we'll have you with us for the next six or seven years. That's not a bad thing, Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> no, you'll really enjoy it. I think I'm going on year six Um coming up pretty quick so yeah it's a lot you'll have a lot of fun randy <laughs> and it goes by quickly doesn't it i haven't aged oh, at goodness, all yeah. i haven't aged no, at all no not at all <laughs> yeah yeah well randy thanks for being with us today i'm sorry we were cut just a little bit short today but uh but thanks for allowing gareth and nita to be with us and to share their information and we look forward to having you back every occasion my friend so thank you so much you bet Happy to Jerry. It's a great pleasure. Thanks, Bobby. Well, you too. All right. Well, let's take a listen to a song from Kristen Harrison. We'll come back in just a moment and talk more with Bobby Bell on Saddle of America.
the smoldering fire along the Navajo Trail. I love to lie and listen to the music as the wind is drumming a sagebrush guitar. And over yonder hill the moon is climbing. It always finds me wishing on a star. show today yes it has so always fun to talk to katie moffett and to share her great music and uh and i'm looking forward to this COVID thing getting over with and her new album coming out so we can have her back again that'll be fun it will be that will be fun and then it was fun to talk with gareth and nita and uh, we appreciate them taking the time. And it was so much fun to have Randy come join us today for his very first show. So we look forward to having him back every fir- or every first Thursday moving forward. So good mm-hmm. to have him with us. But uh, so tell us about what's happening with Out West this week we talked a little bit about some of the charities that you're supporting so tell us a little bit about what you're doing with uh, guy adams outfit 
Well, uh, every month the Hero Collection, uh, which is on our outwestshop.com website, very easy to find right on the homepage, uh, we donate a percentage of the profits of those um, sales to a designated uh, charity. And this month, after listening to Guy speak um, about his situation, uh, we uh, went ahead and invited him to partner, uh, his ranch to partner with us. So today is the first day with the funds going to Heart of the Horse Therapy Ranch. They're located in Clovis. And you know, a good friend of ours, Gary, Jack Hanna, of, um, originally with Sons of the San Joaquin, of course, is still um, very involved on their board of directors. And uh, just a, another just a terrific group that, again, has had to cancel all kinds of the fundraising things that they would normally do. And um, they are all volunteer operation, only one, one person that staff, everybody else is volunteer. And so they, they are in, in need of um, donations from, from anyone and everyone <laughs> to yeah. uh, help, the work, help them do the, the work that they do. So um, we've been adding, constantly adding things to the Hero Collection. I've now added about 20 ladies' leather jackets from the Scully Company. There's rugs. There's blankets. Um, I, I add things to it uh, every day. So um, uh, very easy to shop. And because there are so many items in a big group called the Hero Collection, you can use the toolbar and also find a Hero for Her, Hero for Him, and Hero for Home. So you don't need to look through a thousand items to find the rugs, for instance. <laughs> oh, that's cool. That is cool. Yeah. That is cool. Yeah. Well, it's a great thing that you guys are doing to help out these different charities, and uh, and I know that they appreciate that. And for our audience out there, be sure and visit the Out West shop and uh, and get all of your horsey stuff. And uh, they've got great clothing and, and all kinds of things. That And Christmas is coming up, isn't it? Christmas is not too oh, far away. Yeah, faster than, faster than we can imagine, really. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Uh, <laughs> I want to mention real quickly that we've got Rendezvous 2020 coming up at Circle E Guest Ranch in Winchester, Tennessee. And you can visit equestrianlegacy.net to find out more about that. But that is three days of trail riding, music concerts, film documentaries, shopping, all kinds of things that are going to be taking place. And we're putting that event on this year to support our servicemen and women through an equine therapy program. So we help our servicemen and women suffering with PTSD. And then next year, 2021, We'll be back at Circle E in June, and we'll be in Bryce Canyon, Utah in September with Rendezvous East and Rendezvous West. So uh, stay tuned for more information on 2021 that will be coming up. But right now, you can go to the website. You can make reservations with Circle E Guest Ranch or with our host hotel, uh, Best Western Hotels in Winchester, Tennessee, so that you can take part in uh, Rendezvous 2020. And so, again, that's the last weekend in October. That'll be Halloween. We may do some trick-or-treating. Yeah. May do Coming a little up really, really fast, even though it's the end of the month, I feel like October is just going to fly by. So I'm um, telling you. I'm yeah. telling you. 
I'm pretty sure it is. But uh, anyway, it's going to be a quick month, but we're going to have a lot of fun. And so make your plans to attend Rendezvous 2020 and uh, visit our website, equestrianlegacy.net, to check that out. I do want to remind you that Saddle Up America is made possible today by Children's Services. They are a member of the Better Business Bureau. They're located in Cheyenne, Wyoming. And they have all your drill pipe, industrial strength cable, and guardrail to provide sturdy and affordable fencing for both farmers and ranchers. So whether you're building a small corral or an entire feedlot, Children's Services provide competitive pricing and excellent service. You can find out more about them by visiting their website at pipe-cable.com. That's Childers Services at pipe-cable.com. So we appreciate our sponsors. And uh, and I'll throw this out too, Bobby. During the month of October, uh, I'm celebrating. Because I am getting married and because I am in such a good mood, anyone can advertise in the general store on our website at no charge for the month of October. Free advertising. So you can reach our 600,000-person worldwide audience and our website visitors by uh, just contacting Jimmy Ridenour. And I have posted that information on Instagram and on Facebook, so you can check that out. But you can advertise for free in the general store in October. No strings attached. And uh, and that's just because I'm such a happy guy. So. <laughs> That's a deal. That's a deal. That is a deal. Well, it's been a fun show, so we look forward to being back with you next week on the Campfire Cafe in Saddle Up America, and that all starts at noon Central Standard Time. And then uh, the living room sessions is taking a hiatus until the new year. And uh, so be sure and join us in January for the living room sessions. We'll, we'll be back on Saturdays with some great, great guests and some great music as well. But right now we're going to close out the show with a group who will be performing at Rendezvous 2020. And uh, that will be on Saturday night. You'll get a chance to see the girls next door. And so we're going to listen to a great song from them. And it's one called Made in America. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next week on the Campfire Cafe in Saddle of America. See you, Bobby. See ya. In the heart.